buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 20. Today we're going to chat with Rob Pincus from ICE Training, make a prank call to Tactical Toolbox, and talk about gun-related jewelry. Our panel today is Sean Heron and I'm Ava Flanell. How's it going today, Ava? I'm doing well. Yeah? You excited? I'm glad the holidays are over. Are you? Yeah. I, I hate I hate the holidays. Uh, I don't know, man, because you got to celebrate like eight days of Hanukkah, then Christmas. I did the holidays a- seemed like they were pretty okay for you. Yeah, and I did get a ton of awesome presents. That's but- true. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Rob, how, how about you? Did you have a good holiday? I did. Um, and happy 2018. I'm, uh, I, had a, I, really get, I very rarely don't run all over the place. And for about a week before Christmas, I stayed at the, out in Colorado at the Western headquarters. Uh, for two weeks before that, I was at the Eastern headquarters in Florida. And uh, right now, right here as we're talking, I'm in Texas hanging out with uh, my wife's family, uh, staying here still for six days. So there's a uh, a little bit of a of stationary before the whole crazy shot show, get ready to go to European shot show in uh, Nuremberg and then kick off the tour at the end of March. Nice. So is the nice. uh, is shot show basically the beginning of your crazy travel year? It's usually, it's actually, it's, it's kind of like a warm up. It's like a pregame, you know, I go to shot show and then there'll be a couple of down weeks where I kind of finalize everything for the tour. And uh, then I get over, I go over to Iwa, which is the first week in March, the European version of shot show. And that's really the kickoff of the travel season. So I'll go over there and uh, do a couple classes, do the trade show, come back and then head straight to Florida for uh, about a week of personal defense network videotape, uh, about a week of classes to kick off the tour. And then it's, then it's nonstop until August. Dang, your your schedule is crazy. I follow it on Facebook a lot, and I'm like, wow, I thought I traveled a lot. No one travels as much as Pincus. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, so before we get into things, yeah, let's bef- talk about Hunt Hack Gear. Let's do that. So Hunt Hack Gear is a sponsor of the Gun Funny Show and a great sponsor of the Gun Funny Show. So this is their V1 Series handguard and upper. Uh, as that's, you can tell, very that's interested. That's where my gun went. Yeah, it's been here. Sorry. I was looking for it. I took it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been here for a bit, but <laughs> they've got the lightning cuts everywhere. So it's extremely light. Uh, I stood on it. I don't know if I told you that. Yeah, you did. And I'm really, I almost don't believe you because there's no way that it would hold up. Yeah, no, it's totally. I mean, you're you're like, what, 300 pounds now? Well, no, uh, 200, but. Okay. Yeah. So I only weigh 10 pounds more than you. Uh, it's a. Really structurally sound, which is actually pretty good, but definitely light, lightning cuts are a huge part of what they put into this. Uh, lightweight, the cuts continue all the way through the upper, but it's not like skeletonized upper or anything like that. They've made smart choices, mm-hmm. uh, as far as I can tell. The angle foregrip, V1 series is good stuff, and they also have a lot of hunting gear and stuff like that, too. So go check them out at Huntac Gear. That's H U N T A C gear.com. And I'm almost remiss to tell you that you can save money. Because I feel like any sales that he gets, he's just going to use that money to mock me uh, via the U.S. Postal Service. Yeah. Do you want to tell everybody what you got in the mail yesterday? Yeah. All right. Let me uh, let me find the picture. What's the coupon code real quick? So if you guys are interested in any of Huntac Gear's uh, products, even if you're just building an AR and you want, he he's like a full FFL dealer. So you can use GunFunny15 and that gets you 15% off any of their products. Um. Sean, I don't know why you're looking for the picture. All right, so I got a I got a message or I got a a letter, a letter. in the mail, and it's to Sean Heron, host of the Power Bottom podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from the National Sperm Donor Network, Washington D.C. Uh, in big, huge letters, it says paternity test results enclosed, proof of illegitimate child notice, and then it was filled with 
glitter. Nothing in it but just glitter. And that glitter got all over all of the mail. The offices, my clothes. So not only does the, I mean, the post office or the mailman, he already hated us to begin with for God knows whatever reason. Yeah. But um, he nef- he definitely hates us now. Oh, it, it's a it's a true hatred. Yeah, because this glitter is everywhere. Everyone in the office hates us, and it's just yeah. But still, uh, Jake from Hunt Act Gear, he's got to buy a lot of glitter. So please uh, go buy their products and use Gun Funny Fifteen. Uh, let's get into it and start talking to Rob some more. Learn the things you never knew. On deconstructing the industry. All right, so you know, to start it off, Ava had some questions about a Facebook page of one of your family members, actually. Yeah, so I actually, it's funny because before we started, uh, I asked Sean, I was like, don't you follow Baby Pincus on Instagram? And he's like, no. And I was like, his kid like has an Instagram, and it's really funny. Um, so yeah, tell us about that Instagram, Instagram, uh, Instagram. I think it started like the day after she was born. I'm not sure. It started pretty quick because, you know, yeah, a bunch of family members and friends, you know, were curious, excited, you know, what's going on with the baby. And it became like this, you know, literally from the hospital. Cause I do a lot of social media, right. And I do a lot of electronic, you know, communications I've Been doing it since 300 baud modems. Right. Like, yep. back in the day. So the, it just, that became the easiest way to do it. Like to, because Obviously, like it's a baby, so the baby's always doing funny things, mm-hmm. and it turns out to be cute. And now she almost is becoming like having a personality now. I mean, she's, she's two and a half years old, so now it's been two and a half years of friends and family, and, and even obviously a lot of industry people just kind of following baby Pinkus along. So the other day, I got a, a chocolate gun gift in the mail, and like that was the big highlight of the Christmas uh, Instagram for the baby was her running around. You know, she calls guns pew pews. Yep. So she. The chocolate gun going pew 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 pew. Uh-huh. Classic. Like, how do you not share that? Amazing. I, I saw it because you shared it uh, on your Facebook page, and it was definitely cute. Yeah. So, so, and then she, but you know what she did? Just like all the kids, first thing she did when she got it and took it out of the box is she put an RMR cut in it. You know, perfect. like uh-huh. yeah. I mean, she knows what's hip. Obviously, she's on Instagram, so she knows yeah. what's popular with the kids these days. I think she has more followers than you do, too, Sean. Oh, that's just mean. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's actually true. All right, Rob, tell us about ICE Training and all that you do. ICE Training Company is uh, ICE Training Company is an accident. Like, we didn't even have a logo for the first year. Because if, if you go way back in the machine like to see what was going on, uh, Valhalla Training Center was the brand that, that was being built and that I was uh, running the training center out in Colorado in uh, the early 2000s, mid-2000s. Yeah, the, the fam, uh, they had some internal issues with their corporations in general. And long story short, they decided they were going to shut the training center down. And I was left with the intellectual property and all the training contracts and the staff and the plans and all that, but no brand. Uh, so ICE LLC, Integrity, Consistency, and Efficiency, uh, LLC was a shell company that I used for consulting and used to you know take payments that weren't coming into Valhalla and just kind of out there. So boom, 2008, beginning of 2008, about a decade ago, uh, we launched ICE Training Company as a DBA to just kind of pick up the slack, figuring, okay, well, we'll figure out what the brand's going to be, what's going to happen, where it's going to go. And uh, here we are a decade later, and uh, that brand is... is uh, been the brand and we, we got the triquetra logo you know the the three uh combination of the three tenants of the, the company our ethos uh, having integrity you know 
maintaining his money and trying to be as efficient as possible. And uh, so here we are. So ICE Training Company is the sort of backbone. Uh, everything ends up filtering back to there. The email addresses all lead to there. We've got the Combat Focus Shooting Program. We've got uh, the Personal Defense Network that I'm the executive director of. Uh, even the Avidity Arms Project, one of the newest projects, the gun manufacturing company, has that triquetra you know, embedded in it, um, even though I've got partners in that. So ICE is mine. Uh, combat focus shooting is mine. Um, most of the other projects I work on are collaborations or partnerships, uh, things like that. So going back to uh, when you first started uh, getting into guns, you mentioned that you had access to guns without adult supervision as a child. How did you ever survive yeah, that? Yeah, I'm just surprised that you're even here today. Yeah. <laughs> in New Jersey. In New Jersey? Uh, so, oh, yeah. wow. How did you even get a gun in New Jersey? Pump the brakes. Yeah, it's, it's well, go figure, right? So South Jersey is a little different than like the Jersey Shore type New Jersey, New York suburb that you hear about, um, or Camden, New Jersey. Like so, in the in the you know pine forests of South Jersey, uh, sand pits and you know open spaces and hunting and all these things that most people associate. Technically, I grew up south of the Mason Dixon line, uh, but so you don't really live. Go ahead, you'll win bar bets on it. Um, so I was south of the Mason Dixon line in New Jersey. And for whatever reason, I took a liking to BB guns and then 22s and then uh, 38, uh, eventually 380s and then 9 millimeters, And then I moved to Georgia and it got even better. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was really, you know, I was, my dad uh, was a cop, but he wasn't a gun cop. He was like the cop where the gun is just a tool that goes with the, the uniform and all that and the undercover work. And it just, that's what he, he was not a gun guy, but we had some guns in the house and he was very open. My mom was open. You know, my circle was open to the idea that, okay, so he likes shooting. That's cool. He's safe. You know, here's how you do it. Here's how you don't do it. And I had one of those, like, you know, cheap metal shell sears and robot gun safes in my closet when I was like, hey, you know, and I had my own 22s and Ruger Mark II and a bolt action right shooting. And, and, uh, always had like a role, military, law enforcement, something like that. And tried all of them. I tried the executive protection, armed security. Did uh, did you lose me? Uh, so I just turned your video off just because you're buffering a bit. Oh, uh, well, we hate that. Uh, so, yeah. So did, did law enforcement full-time. I've, I've had a badge since 94 with most almost constantly, whether it was full-time law enforcement or reserve law enforcement. And uh, did the military thing. Went to a military college. Got commissioned as an officer in the Army Reserve. And, did nothing with that and the IRR almost immediately and really just never had a, a liking or a tolerance, never really fit into the bureaucracy or the institutional inertia or any of those sort of public sector roles and uh, really liked teaching. So uh, by the end of the 90s, uh, that's really where I was focused. And in 2001, summer of 2001, I left full-time law enforcement to start it teaching career, figure out how that can work. I was writing for SWAT magazine. I was uh, teaching as an adjunct for a lot of different schools and I figured work. And then of course, nine 11 happened and that kind of rebooted a whole bunch of things, uh, including the private sector training industry. And, uh, we were running a uh, Valhalla training center by the, uh, end of 2002, I was out in Colorado and, and we were doing uh, military, uh, special operations schools and running training for military and a private sector and law enforcement out of that facility for five years. And, uh, here we are today. Then that gets us up to where ICE training company started. Very nice. So you talked a little bit about kind of how you grew up in that environment. You've got you've got adult kids as well. So did they kind of grow up in the same way? Are they gun people? Yeah, my daughter uh, is 22 now. She uh, I actually have a granddaughter who's just turned a year old. 
And she grew up, literally grew up with guns. I mean, she was running the mazes at Valhalla, you know, from the holster, taking out interactive and reactive targets uh, from the age of 10. And and on her mom's side, her mom was really into like the clay shooting and, you know, more the, uh, the, the uh, what I would say is the more, more refined and elegant side of shooting, you know, the, the hunting, uh, high-end hunting trips and things like that. And then clay shooting, a lot of that sporting clays, trap. So she got that side from her mom and, and certainly had the defensive oriented side for me. And, you know, she got her concealed carry permit as soon as she could when she was 21. And her husband uh, is a gun guy and he's got his carry permit. And, you know, they both have attended several schools. Uh, Christina's been through, I don't know, six or seven full classes over the years. She, at one point, she uh, I had a class that was teaching in Tennessee where she was on the line with Jaeger and uh bunch of other people that are in the industry you know it's just she's she's been around it for a long time been in many shop shows nra shows so she's she's gun people uh i've had you know uh, been married four times and had uh several stepkids that went through the tween and teen years uh in our households with guns around so guns and kids are something that uh that i've done a lot of and uh, it's something i'm pretty passionate about the way you do that um, in fact we've got guns in this we're in a rental house like i said right now with uh, the in-law family and there's some kids that didn't grow up around guns but there's guns in the house, obviously, right? I brought some guns down here with me. So yeah. the, we had to have that kind of conversation like, hey, you know, you know what to do if you find a gun? No, that's not the intention. The guns aren't just laying around. They're locked up in a case in our room. But, you know, they're, they're 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old kids. They're going to be crawling through every inch of this place. We know that. And if they should happen to come upon even the gun case or a box of ammo, like making sure they understand how to interact with that. As a gun owner, that's my responsibility. It's not my responsibility to worry about whether my brother-in-law wants to talk about guns like the kids need to be educated about guns right and i'm really passionate about that we need to not play, play that politics game with guns educate with gun education when it comes to kids mm-hmm. and i don't think you know with me in new jersey growing up that was how it was for me and my friends we didn't play a politics game it was common sense you teach kids about fire you teach kids about uh knives you know we don't run with scissors well here's guns i mean right now i got the grandmother's you know losing her mind over the staircases and there's a couple toddlers and you know the kids can't climb the stairs by themselves you know that but let's not talk about guns <laughs> right <laughs> not, we're not, we're not gonna play that. yeah totally agree i love that so last time we saw you or last time i saw you was at shot show last year and you were just introducing a firearm um what are the hoops that you had to go through and it hasn't to my knowledge it has not it, it hasn't been released yet right it's still Correct. in in the in the beginning stages, or is it almost? Okay, it's there it pretty is. pretty darn close. It's pretty uh-huh. much almost ready. Like, so we know the design works. Where we are now is there's a couple of things. So uh, one of the things that's interesting about this is the PD10 from Avidity Arms, and I think one of the most the way I've been kind of summing it up here to last as we near the finish line on this is probably one of the most important evolutions for me in this process that started with some people saying, "Hey." would you be interested in designing a gun? Friends of mine, you know, if we started a gun company, would you be interested in, in being part of that, designing the guns, like helping us figure out what to build if, if we started a manufacturing company? That's literally how it started. The week before, I never would have thought I'd be involved in anything like that. And then as soon as it was presented to me, it's like, oh, no brainer. Yes, we must do this. And that's, you know, been three years of work. Um, one of the most important things to sum it up is that I really learned the differences in the definitions of the words design, build, manufacture, fabricate, produce. You know, those words kind of, you could, I could use any of those. I go, oh, we're 
producing the PD-10. We're manufacturing a new gun. We, we fabricated these parts or whatever. And they all kind of can be interchangeable, but the reality is they're very, very, very different. And where we've been is, and where we've su- succeeded is the design, the production of it, the, the and a lot of fabrication, right? Like you can make one gun work, right? Like like two guys in a file, you, you figure it out, right? But 6,000 guns at a time and sh- ship them out at a, at a price point and at a reliability level that meets the, the goals of the company. You know, a 499 MSRP gun that I will sign off on as being to defend your family with and to trust to be able to defend your family with, that's a big deal to me. And and that's the leap we've really been making for a year and a half is, is trying to span the gap from a gun that I shoot can be sitting in you know a thousand gun shops across the country, and somebody can buy for four seventy five mm-hmm. and take home and you know check it for reliability, learn how it works, get a feel for it, and then carry it the next week uh, at the mall with their kids, thinking that they could actually defend themselves and their kids with it. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So that's kind of where we've been. So so that that. Le- Hey, uh, re- repeat retail. that. Repeat that part from after. Uh, that's where we've been. It, it totally cut out and froze. So that's where we've been. I'm in Texas, so it's gunny, but it's not real techy. Um, so we've been in that gap between a gun that works and is designed and produced and we fabricated and, and made run on a range of copies of to a gun that we can send out 1,500 of a month, so that it, it's it's affordable and reliable to the masses. Big jump. Yeah, absolutely. So you've done something that I've actually never seen before. You guys have been running it through the paces. So you've got a gun that you feel that you felt like, okay, this is the one that we're going to really start pushing, start testing, doing reliability stuff. But you've been videotaping it and not just the successes, but you've been videotaping and publishing and releasing the failures as well. Can you tell us what uh, brought that decision on and why you're doing it? Yeah, it, you know, it's it, it really started because uh, I, I again, my baby has an Instagram, right? Like a lot of, and it's not like my life. It's not a 24 hour, you know, reality show. Of course it's the highlight reel. It's, it's edited. It's to some extent, it's what, what I want to share, but there is a lot of stuff that gets shared. And, and because we announced Avidity Arms and we announced our intention to create a gun and, and sort of started, uh, first very covertly, I'd pub, I'd write articles about, Hey, this would be a cool gun if somebody would build it. And it was the gun we were building. And I just, I don't have any discipline. So that lasted for about six months. And then it became, hey, look, we're building a gun. And, you know, four seconds later, six guys on the internet decided, well, this will never really happen. This is just a, a you know, it's clickbait uh, because they haven't released the gun yet. And it's like, dude, it was, it's been four seconds. Like, chill out, you know. Right. And then it was four months and then it was four, you know, uh, quarters. And, and now all of a sudden it's a year and a half later and we still don't have a gun. And, and people are understandably... Uh, like taking sniper shots at it, you know, and, and, and kind of undermining what is potentially the successes we're having with the negativity we see all over social media of, well, this isn't real. If it were real, then we'd see a gun by now, like, or you're never going to do it. This gun's never going to be released. And what we needed to do was make sure that people understood this is happening and this isn't easy. So for every guy you had who was completely uneducated about the process saying, well, you should have had it out by now. You also had another guy who was very well-intentioned but also uneducated about the process simply saying, hey, if people really knew what it took, they wouldn't give you so much shit. And it's like, okay, well, let's show them what it takes. 
or at least let's show them that we're doing something, right? Show them the gun shooting, show them the guns being shot all over the country, different serial numbers, different colors, different frames, different slides, different configurations. And then now that we've gotten to the point where we're really testing guns to failure, this is something that every gun company does, or at least should be doing, right? Testing the guns to fail. And if your engineer can't look at you, I'm pretty sure it's going to be this piece or this piece that fails first. Let's shoot 5,000, 8,000, 10,000 rounds and see which one fails. If your engineer is wrong, you've got a problem. If your engineer is right, good. Okay, now the decision is how much does it cost to produce the gun? Do we have to make it stronger than it is? Is it already plenty strong? Can we save a few pennies by making it actually a little less strong in that area? Right, because you could build a gun that theoretically, you know, would shoot fifty thousand rounds and and never need a spring replaced, but it's going to be an eight thousand dollar gun, and it's going to need to be cleaned every other day, and you're going to need to only shoot this kind of ammo. Well, that's not what we want, right? So we we know there are tolerances built in, there's failure points built in, there's maintenance built in, all of those factors come together in what you release as a final project. And what I want to show people is, yeah, here's the slide that cracked. It cracked right there because we knew that early slides were built with a 90-degree cut in that place, and it should have been a radius cut. So we knew that was going to break. We just didn't know how long it was going to take. Now we have a pretty good idea because we've cracked two of them in exactly the same place, and we now know why it's worth the extra step of that radius cut and et cetera, et cetera, right? So sharing that to me is really important because, again, a year from now, six months from now, at some point, people are going to be able to make a decision, should we trust this gun to defend our family with. And I want them to be able to say yes as an educated consumer, not because they think the logo is cool. Yeah. I love that. And I've really enjoyed, honestly, just kind of seeing the progression. I saw the blue gun when, when you kind of, after you first announced it, I got to hold it and see it. And then uh, at SHOT Show, we got to hold some, uh, some pre-production models. And then we've seen, you know, the, the failure testing that you've been doing. I think it's cool. I think it's been awesome. I think you guys did it in the right way. Obviously, you know, it, it takes a while to invent something new. Um, there's companies like uh, like Desert Tech and their MDR that, are, that you know, just they kind of announced it and then it was a black hole forever. And I love that you guys have actually been putting out content and, you know, showing this is what it, this is what it takes to make a gun that Rob Pincus is going to put his name on. Because mm-hmm. honestly, that's going to hold a lot of sway for a lot of people. And to see that, you know, not just the successes, but the failures to me has been an important part of this project uh, just from an external viewers uh, outlook. Good. Well, I agree that that's the goal is that people do appreciate it. And I get, I, I get that some people are going to say, well, I'm, I'm still never going to buy one until it's been out for five years. Well, cool. Like I get that too. Right. I mean, look what happened with the SIG 320, mm-hmm. right? How many of those uh, tens of thousands of those are out there that people thought they bought it after the first 50,000 were sold and the gun's been proven and now a variant of the gun has been adopted by the army. I'm going to go out and buy one. And it's like, oh, well, there's this one issue, right? Now, everybody knew that trigger was really short and really crisp and probably should have had a tab safety from day one. But people like, we know all the drop in trigger market, right? People like target type triggers at their training classes. And unfortunately, not enough of us in the industry are speaking out against that kind of a trigger. So here comes SIG with essentially an aftermarket target type trigger on a great gun, but that problem revealed itself in a way that nobody expected and was incredibly expensive for them. You know, I I have no doubt that we'll have something reveal itself after the gun comes out, but I I gotta, I'm not going to pander to something, the industry, the community, I should say once in a gun when I'm really trying to build like front serrations. And I know you've got my video up, but that's a big thing that comes up 
on this gun is, is the front serrations. Uh, why don't I have them? Well, I don't have them because I don't want to encourage gun handling up by the muzzle. I don't want to encourage gun handling over the top of the ejection port. So I'm not going to humor the part of the, the part of the community that jumps on every Facebook post and says, well, you should really put front serrations on there. I don't want to sell 10 more guns to the front serrations guys. I want to change the bad gun handling habits of the community. But Rob, how can I press check every eight seconds without front serrations? Oh my God. Stop. stop. <laughs> All right. So personal development, uh, you spend a lot of time training others, but what do you do to train yourself? Who do you, you know, do you train with anybody? Uh, do you watch YouTube videos? <laughs> what do you do? A lot of YouTube videos. I get sent a lot of YouTube videos. Hey, look, videos you can learn everything from YouTube. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot to be learned from Vada. <laughs> there's, there's a fine line, right? Because as the guy who puts out a lot of educational content that I really do think is helpful to people uh, through electronic communications and social media, I don't. I, it's for me to come on and now denigrate social media as a learning tool doesn't make a lot of sense. But here's the thing. What you don't see me doing a lot of is, hey, watch how fast I am on the timer doing this drill you should practice at home and you'll be able to do this too. Like I don't do that because a, my, my, what I do, my ability is kind of irrelevant to how I can help a student, right? My ability to help them, my ability to coach them is what I'm after. And I think the best things that you can learn through distance education are the conceptual things, the ideas, the, the, you can do a slow motion demo. Here's how you reload your gun. And it's great. But again, unless you have the coach there watching that, the physical skills are a little bit harder. So what I do to study for my own personal development, right? Primarily, I'm a teacher, right? So I, I'm going to learn about uh, communication. I'm, I, I study neuroscience. I study physiology, anatomy. I went through a few years uh, where I was really into the fitness side, right? I'm a, a co-owner of a, a CrossFit gym and a self-defense training center outside of Columbus, Ohio. That came out of that era, like 2009, 2012, where I was studying and, and getting certifications and really immersing myself in physiology and anatomy and uh, kinesiology, because at the end of the day, fighting with a gun is athletic, right? It, 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 if any kind of defensive event is going to have some component of athleticism uh, or luck, right, or some combination of both, quite honestly. So I want people to be more athletic when they shoot. I want to be more athletic when they train. Well, for me to be able to talk that talk better, I have to learn more about that. So my personal development for you know a decade or more really has been focused on teaching, conveying ideas, my own understanding of the underlying physiology and neurology of fights, the context of defensive incidents, um, really, which started in the 90s with, with the uh, advent of, of dash camera videos and, and ubiquitous high quality surveillance camera footage and then non-lethal training ammunition becoming more and more common, you know, high level scenario training with uh, some munitions at first and UTM and air munitions and all those. So that's where my real personal development professionally comes from. Now, personally, Obviously, I still carry a gun. I still have gun staged in the house to defend myself, and I need to get that practice in. And I'll do a lot of practice, you know, after classes at the end of the day, especially during the tour. Because what else am I going to do? I'm in the middle of nowhere in southern Illinois, right? Like after class, students are all out of there. High five, set up a couple of targets, run some drills, do some shooting. One of the cool things over the last year for me has been uh, the. Peer instructors, right? And we give each other shit, we push each other. Hey, sorry, Rob, you cut out right as uh, right right before that big stanza. As you were uh, so saying, the, the some thing, of the fun things for you to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the new the new thing that's happened in my training regimen, my practice regimen over the last year and a half or so has been uh, getting to hang out with Rob Latham. Uh, so while it's normally been like my training peers and, and either 
you know, high level students or students I'm friends with or other instructors, we can push each other. We can give each other shit on the range. We can run drills, but uh, the world's collide series that I've been doing with Latham, you know, he is, uh, I mean, it's hard to say he's not the most accomplished professional shooter that we've had in the industry. Oh, here's baby Pinkus. You guys aren't even going to see her. You're not a video. She's hanging out with us. Uh, so the, uh, so having Latham and I spending time on the range has really changed for me uh, some of the seriousness with which I take the that performance level, kind of the what I consider the unreasonable uh, accuracy, the unreasonable uh, you know transition speeds between targets, which would never be applicable in a world where you have to collect and process information. And that's still the, what I think is most important in defensive training is the stuff that we put out through CFS and everything else. But personally, as a shooter. I know that he pushes me to perform better in, in isolation, in the competition-type stages, in the how fast can you make your split times ways in the tightest group kind of ways that I think most people use as metrics regardless of what type of shooting they're, they're doing or what type of preparation or training they're doing. Uh, hanging out with Latham for the last year and a half uh, has, has got me looking at a timer again for the first time in a decade, uh, really just out of competition, right? We're both uh, kind of you know type A. Uh, we give each other shit. We, we have fun. We banter. And he pushes me to be a better shooter in a way that I haven't cared about being a better shooter in a long time. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed that series as well. So tell me just a little bit. Uh, you've collaborated a bit with the USCCA and it, sorry to be blunt, but honestly, a lot of the stuff that I see on their social media has been awful. So it's been nice to see them kind of honestly team up with somebody that I do respect and somebody that I know kind of, you know, has good. Idea. Well, I don't, I don't want to make this make it seem like that, but. I do respect what you do, so it's nice to actually see you kind of teaming up with them and doing some content. Have you heard that before? Yes, that has been brought up. Uh, so, it, and I appreciate I appreciate you saying it. What what's happening with, with USCCA? You know, first of all, I've been around with USCCA for a long time. Like my membership card, I, I, it goes back way back, right? I'm like number twelve thousand or something, or maybe twelve twelve hundred. It's something ridiculous. Like I've been around with them for a long time. I've written for their magazine. I was put on their board of advisors in 2009. Uh, I do a lot with Armed American Radio, which is which is their show uh, that Mark Walters does, the radio show. And we even collaborated on a distance education project. The whole Counter Ambush uh, distance education course was originally published with them in 2012. So it's not the first time I've worked with USCCA. What's different now is that USCCA wants to take their instructor certification program and make it legitimate, honestly. Like it's been a presentation it's been a toolkit you know no instructor has been certified to teach live fire for example they're all certified to teach this presentation the uh the powerpoint and then they're told okay well now go go back and create a live fire program that meets your state's requirements for ccw but you're not really wearing the uscca hat and that's been a really gray area and and you know it is what it is and, and in 2017 uh, we sat down, uh, Tim Schmidt and I and, and several other of their leadership, and then a couple of my guys came in and we said, look, we have the turnkey solution. You want to do a real live fire instructor development program for defensive shooting. We have it, right? We have our defensive firearms coach program, three-day instructor development. We have the CFS ID, five-day instructor development program. We've got all the counter ambush education information. Like, we, we've got it. Why reinvent the wheel? And it made sense, um, and, and I like those guys a lot. And uh, Steve Fisher, uh, Fisher, not... Yeti Fisher, but Fisher, USCCA Fisher with a C. He's their uh, director of the trading division and the manager of this program. And he and I have been working together with their leadership. We did the first course for some of their training counselors over Memorial Day weekend in 2017. 
And it'll be a little less than a year of development work on two new books, a bunch of distance education, a bunch of uh, content PowerPoints specifically developed for these new instructors. Uh, when we launch uh, towards the end of Q1 or the beginning of Q2, we'll release those books. And this will be essentially a, a rebranding and a rebirth of the instructor certification that ICE training has been doing forever under the USCCA brand. So that being said, of course, they've got a, a long track record of communicating uh, information related to defensive shooting and concealed carry, but they've had a real mix of people contributing to that. So they haven't had like a cohesive program, like this is our doctrine or this is how we put things out. And they create beautiful content. They've got a video and content production crew that creates gorgeous video and great still pictures and great advertising and good social media presence. They've got an amazingly well-educated customer service pool. Uh, been there, you know, the people sitting in that, that uh, kind of cubicle farm are some of the most educated customer service people in the industry. Not just, they don't just help you log into your account or pay your bill. Like they actually have knowledge or they know where to find the knowledge. People asking about, you know, reciprocity issues or, you know, I've got this gun. I'm trying to find the right kind of holster for it. I mean, it, all kinds of cool questions they can answer. But yeah, I, I get, you know, every, what is it, Tactical Tuesday? Every Tuesday, I, I get a PM. Hey, I thought you were running the USCCA training program. What is this craziness? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. We're, we've got our niche. This is what we're doing. We're developing this live fire instructor development program. But they, they put out all kinds of content that, that they don't run by Rob Pincus, you know? And, and you know, that was never the, the, the deal we made was never the relationship we were going to have. And it's interesting. And I worked with the NRA for a long, long time. And we put out uh, between five and six million DVDs were distributed through the program with the NRA from 2005 to 2015. And that DVD program, we produced 110, 12 DVDs over that period of time. I had about 30 different instructors contribute to it. It was huge. But nobody, like... Nobody called me and said, hey, why did Wayne LaPierre just say something crazy, Rob? I thought you ran all the communication from the NRA. Like, no, there were these DVDs that were co-branded with NRA American Riflemen. They made a lot of money helping us sell them. And that's what that was. And it's kind of the same thing with U.S. Little Niche. I think people are really going to be pleased with it. People who followed my career and IC training and the CFS program and all of our instructors, they're going to recognize the material. It's not going to look like what the USCCA was doing two years ago. It's not going to look like what they put out last Tuesday. You know, it might over time, there may be more influence. Um, and it's been great to work with their team because they are great at putting, it's going to be the prettiest book I've ever put out. My books are usually boring. They just have like words and black and white pictures. These are going to be cool. It's going to be a better way to communicate information, but the information is definitely ICE training company information. Uh, and it'll be an evolution for them. So I'm excited about it and I'm excited that they are so enthusiastic about it as well. Nice. It'll be nice to definitely see some some material from them that that is done by someone who knows what they're doing and, you know, not making a lot of just very common mistakes that we see in their social media a lot. Um, is this kind of like uh, did they get serious about this and did they kind of bring you in to battle this monstrosity that seems to be the NRA's carry guard? It was it was interesting timing. I think if anything, it was probably I got more motivated uh, than they did in some ways. I, I think it, it, it really it was very collaborative. It was very mutual, the, the coming together of the, the process, the two entities. But if there was one side that was more aggressive because of carry guard in terms of making it happen, it was probably me. You know, it was carry guard. It was, almost, it was like it was like a, a step too far. Right. Like like when you when I went through their virtual reality sales pitch at NRA uh, convention last year and 
saw how overtly they were taking something and presenting it as training, but really it was just a, a marketing sales pitch for this insurance product, an insurance product that so many people in the legal community told me was was a horrifyingly poor option, right? Like, like, well, if you win, we'll pay. Good luck. You know, it's kind of like the way that works. And then to see the training doctrine and to be able to, you know, be on the inside enough to know that you've got guys who barely, if at all, taught in the private sector. They certainly aren't NRA instructors. They aren't teaching NRA doctrine. And honestly, I don't even know that there was a doctrine. When you saw the promotional videos, there was so much disconnected. Yeah. I don't, and, and here we are in, in January of 2018, and I still don't think they've officially run an open enrollment class under the program, right? Yeah. But they've sold a lot of insurance, and that's really what it's all about. So it makes me, it annoys me as someone who's been in this industry for over 20 years and someone who spent 15 of it building training programs and, and really doctrine and programs and curriculum and helping so many entities try to do it right from gun ranges to local guys to military veterans that realize, well, what I learned in the military isn't really what I need to be teaching this other guy who wants to walk through the mall with a Glock under his hoodie. Like helping all those people to see the people with the loudest voice, with potentially the most influence, and with a cadre of of 10,000 certified instructors, ignore all that, reboot everything under a marketing division, and say, here's our new program, that isn't even really a program just to sell insurance. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. So who's the best person? The people that have a great insurance program that reach millions of people that are one of the fastest growing organizations in the country that don't get involved in the politics. And oh, by the way, the NRA just kicked them out of their convention mm-hmm. because they're a competitor in selling insurance. Yeah. So how much more overt does it have to be that the NRA isn't for all of us. It isn't standing up for all gun owners and gun rights. They don't want to see everybody be successful. They aren't really that into training, to be quite honest, uh, and and make it so obvious that it annoys me enough that I'm going to go out and say, yeah, I know I worked with you guys for 12 years, but you've never been open to evolving your training. And this is the nail in the coffin, and let's move on. And USCCA has been a, a great partner for me for a decade. So how about we just take this to the next level? And, and I, I, I can't speak for them. But I know they were surprised, disappointed, and very frustrated at the way they were treated uh, when the NRA decided to announce that they were going to sell an insurance product. Yeah. And too many people in the industry forgot about that a couple weeks later and <laughs> didn't really keep that in the forefront of their mind as we now deal with the missteps the NRA has made in the wake of the Las Vegas killings and sort of the, the, the politics is the way they're playing them right now. And, you know, they're massive, crazy line support of Trump, uh, completely unfounded that he's a, suddenly a gun guy uh, after living his entire life in the most restrictive gun city in America and never spending a dime to fight against Bloomberg in the same state. Uh, you know, it, it, they've made so many mistakes that I'm shocked that there there aren't more people. I know they're losing you know membership by the by the tens of thousands every month. But the idea that the leadership of our community isn't standing up and saying, guys, you're dropping the ball. You drop the ball. Time for a reboot. Time for a reset, and uh, help us out. So, it, it, for all those reasons, uh, I'm excited to be working with USCCA and excited to be launching a real training program designed to educate people to be more prepared to defend themselves, not sell a product. Definitely, and the, I've said it many times: the NRA, uh, their executive, their what is it? The executive leadership. It just makes me sick. We need mm-hmm. to get rid of them. We need to get the right people in there. Because, you know, I don't think I'm not going to abandon the NRA because they're they're our biggest powerhouse right now. We need them. But 
I'm ready to I'm ready to change it. I'm ready to move on. Uh, Ava, what what other questions did you have? Uh, what's your greatest failure and and greatest accomplishment? Oh, like the same thing. Like the 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 one one. I mean, the thing that jumps to mind would be Valhalla. Like the the birth of the Valhalla Training Center out of kind of nowhere um, was an, was a huge opportunity. And that's one thing I've always stressed to people is like you got you got to capitalize on opportunities, right? Like I'm a yes person much more than a no person. I tend to jump and and figure it out, you know, before I hit the ground. If I can, if you hit the ground a little bit awkward, well, then you, you make the best of it. And the Valhalla Training Center was definitely one of those things. You know, I was I was uh, teaching, like I said, uh, but I wasn't even running my own school. And when the opportunity, I was actually out there as an adjunct for another school when I first saw the building. Uh, the owners of the building, you know, and eventually this is what made it kind of not work for them. They never really wanted to own a training center. They never thought they would own a training center. They wanted to build a high-end shooting club at a resort. But the resort project had stalled because of 9-11, right? So the, the attacks on 9-11 killed a lot of the, the tourism industry for a while, and they were hesitant to whether or not they were going to finish the resort project. But the building had existed. They built it as an entertainment shooting complex to go with this high-end resort in southwestern Colorado. And they realized they might be able to make some revenue as the training industry changed after 9-11 in offering training. And that opportunity was kind of like, well, what if we did this? Could you do that? Yes. Could, what, what, could you do this? Yes. Could you do that? Sure. You know, and then you go back to the hotel room and you figure out how you're going to make it all work. And we did. And we had, you know, sole source contracts with uh, the military. We had, you know, the, the top ends of uh, naval special warfare and uh, teams from the uh, special forces community, from the army, from all over the country. We had international clients. We had SWAT teams. We had everybody coming out there to, uh, you know, the, the, the Rand Corporation identified us in a 425-page white paper uh, advising the U.S. government on private sector training as the top reality-based uh, close-quarters urban combat facility available at the time in the mid-2000s. So that was, I don't know, a huge success, right? The problem was all that huge success was built on an infrastructure that I didn't own, didn't control, and that honestly ended up being controlled by people that weren't really invested in the same vision or mission that I had and that Valhalla Training Center stood for. So in the the ashes of that, um, we we were able to maintain a lot of that momentum. But a lot of that really good, great service we were providing to the military that I was very proud to provide, that's really what got lost in the translation. So the rebirth was the uh, private sector training company and, and the, the idea that now we influence hundreds of instructors and with USCCA we'll be influencing thousands of instructors in a couple of years helping you know hundreds of thousands of people get more prepared to defend themselves and their families and that's awesome uh but but Valhalla probably represents in some ways some of my greatest successes a lot of good luck a lot of good timing a lot of great opportunities that were provided by people and at the same time the failure to kind of see where that was eventually going to go and and have it kind of come crashing around kind of crashing out around us investing all that time in that brand was a bit of a failure at the same time yeah Good stuff, man. I, I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure talking. So you, you said you could stick around for a little bit, uh, uh, hang out with us for the rest of the show, right? I am. Yeah. I hate that the, uh, the, the service isn't here better, but, um, you know, it's gotten I'm, a little I'm, I'm bit better. A, a still picture you got there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. I've been staring at it raptly. Um, <laughs> actually Steve Arian took that picture back when he was with the uh, U S shooting Academy. Uh, yeah. he does the, uh, two way athletics and all that. He's, uh, Good dude. 
It's a nice picture. Very, very awesome. Remind us once again where people can find all the stuff you do online. ICETraining.us is my, uh, you know, kind of links for all the training material and the, the classes and all that. But personaldefensenetwork.com is where I always send people because if you're interested in what I do, if you're interested in really, you know, getting as much as you can uh, information online for the preparation to defend yourself and those you care about or if you're an armed professional, personaldefensenetwork.com is me and a great team of contributors putting information out hundreds of free articles and videos. Uh, there's a you know, premium membership you can get. I always tell people like, just close that pop-up box and spend a month just looking at the free stuff. And if you found value in all the free stuff, you'll know why you should agree to become a premium member and get even more. All right, love it, man. And just Google Rob Pincus, you'll find it all. It's out there. When Worlds Collide with Pincus and Latham, um, the USCCA stuff, ICE training, PDN, the Avidity Arms, PD10. It's, uh, you're a busy dude. All right, should we make a prank call? Yeah, I think we should make a prank call. So, Rob, we do this thing where we make some prank calls. This one was just a, this one was a voicemail, uh, but hopefully we don't get arrested for it. It's time for prank calls with Malcolm and Gertrude. Honey. Please leave your message for seven zero. A high tactical toolbox. Um, I was just wondering why you decided to unfollow me on Instagram. Uh, I, I'm one of your biggest fans, and I follow you. And you you were following me, and then I used this uh, this app called IG Analyza, and it says that you unfollowed me. And I was just wondering, what did I do? Uh, did I offend you? Uh, for the most part, I just sit around and I knit, but I really enjoy looking at your pictures. Uh, all of those really really big uh, guns in your hand. Uh, they, they they look great, and I enjoy looking to see what kind of shoes you're wearing and. Uh, what color your barrel is, if you know what I mean. And uh, I mean, I'm just, I really enjoy your Instagram. But the truth is, is that since you unfollowed me, um, I can't really follow you back because, you know, it's this new unwritten rules of Instagram. And, uh, you know, I'm actually at the point where I think I might even just block you because I just think that that was just very, uh, just very rude, and uh, I mean, once you unfollow me, and uh, yeah, I, I might as well block you because I just I don't know what you're trying to pull, trying to get all these likes and stuff and the followers. Because really, at the end of the day, I just really just wanted to see your posts. And like I said, I really enjoy your your posts where you put the hands in the gun or you put it right by your shoes because I like to see the shoes. And uh, okay, well. Um, I, uh, if you could just give me a call back, uh, I hope I'm not imposing. I got your, your, I got your number from the DMV. Uh, that's where I work. What? What are you doing? I'm on the phone. Leave me alone. Uh, Hello? Who is this? Gertie, who are you talking to? No one. I, I just picked up the other line. Who's on there? Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Gertie, are you? Get off the phone, Malcolm. Are you? Talking to Tinder again? Uh, hello? Who is this? Hello? Gertie, who are you talking to? Uh, he- hello? Can you hear me? Gert- Gertie, could you do this to me again, Gertie? <laughs> <laughs> well, that got a little emotional. <laughs> uh, so he actually took that and played it in, in front of one of his videos, and uh, people were calling out. They were like, oh, you got pranked by Gun Funny. Yeah, it was actually B- Before we even funny. announced it, yeah. Yeah. 
So it was pretty good. It was nice that people recognized our voice. <laughs> but I mean, how could you not? Well, yeah, it's the dumbest thing that I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're very likely breaking laws with these prank calls. Uh, so don't tell anyone. Right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't, I'm too pretty for jail. Well, I mean, I don't know. You'd fit in. Because you're kind of, you really have a bad attitude and you're basically just really mean. And I'm kind of gangster. Gangster AF. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good stuff. Let's, uh, let's move into some gear chat. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Totally unrelated to the prank calls though. Rob, what was your number again? Yeah, it's a five-five-five. <laughs> Perfect. So, Ava, you wanted to talk about some gun jewelry, and Rob will get your input on this here in just a second. But what, what do you have, Ava? Uh, so it's some stuff that I got for Christmas because you know I celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas, right? Yeah, because I like presents. Nine days of presents. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one of the one of the things that I got was this necklace from Joe Wall Designs, and uh, this one you like it? Yeah, that is cool. It is the. Uh, bolt of an ar-15 yeah um he also has uh a 1911 trigger and uh something with the shotgun like the little circles what would you call that on a like shotgun the very, yeah the very front it has like the smaller one so if oh you were just like the down, muzzle of a shotgun yeah the muzzle of the barrel in the tube so um so yeah really really kind of cool uh definitely like a little bit more high end uh you can get it in i mean some of this stuff goes for quite a bit but depending on the metal that not the metal but uh the gold and stuff whatever the material is that they use uh and then i got this necklace from 2a jewels and they just recently so i have some of his stuff uh that i have the earrings and the matching pendant and it's basically uh just the the head stamp of a cartridge and it's really dainty and cute and I wear that pretty often but I was surprised to get this in uh for for Christmas and this one is let's see let's see if Sean can pull it up oh I don't know Facebook is the most annoying thing on earth yeah no that's not gonna happen Facebook go away why can't you pull it up because it's in this I mean there's a big huge technical explanation but basically I just can't pull it up so it, this never happens this never happens to me you can't get a picture of it <laughs> I think I can but keep talking how, how are we supposed to get Rob's input if he can't even see the necklace I mean I'm wearing it right now and... I'm sorry if you can't pull it up I have some advice yeah oh look there it is see there's a picture okay let me get can't the picture you show that picture yeah but you'll have to keep talking while I do this okay so it's really pretty um on the back, he puts a, a little speck, like a little diamond on it. And uh, this one, this one is a, a 380 auto. Yep. Which I think most of your stuff is, right? Uh, Yeah. Except for, let's see, there was one that I got that, I think it's a nine millimeter actually. Okay, cool. But yeah, 380 is your carry. It is. So, so yeah. Um, there it is. So I have the necklace, not the earrings with those ones. The earrings that I have are literally just the studs. Yeah. This is like a new style necklace that they're doing. Mm -hmm. I like this one. Yeah. Um, But really pretty. Yeah. And two angels, they're listeners and just good people. Met them at the NRA annual meetings. So definitely go check them out. Rob, uh, any gun related jewelry going on over in your household? I got this. You can't see it. You don't have the video on, but I got this. 
was a gift. I thought it was it was kind of nice. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I, it's got some bling effect to it. Oh, it, that's uh, so pretty, and it lights up too for the holidays. Yeah, so it's nice. You know, you can you got dance or something, you can, whatever you're gonna do. It's a little less subtle than I like that two A Jules one because it was more subtle. So if you're wearing it in a non gun environment, this yeah. one would be more likely, to, I think, to, to catch you know uh, attention. So right? what kind, of, what kind of gun is that? I'm just gonna I'm gonna do some video. Uh, no, it's it's an XDM. Oh, an XDM. A, with a light on it. Okay, yeah, very nice. It's, it's nice. It's got a light. It's blingy. It's very blingy. Suppressed, obviously. It's, you got to get for carry because the trigger is exposed on it. But you could actually, you know, if you were in an open carry state. I don't think Texas, is Texas open carry yet. I don't even know. I, I don't remember. I don't I think, think so, actually. No, I think it is. But it is. So you can't, you can maybe get rifles only. This is almost a rifle. And you got your Mala, you know, so you got that going for you. You can make yourself right. Whenever you're you know, done with, and what does that retail so, for? And where can people uh, find it? Of course, I think this is a custom piece. This is oh, one okay. of a kind. Gotcha. Um, but I mean, you know, let's. I tell you what. Mention it in the comments if you're interested in it. Uh, maybe it's something that we can we can get this guy to do a few more of them. And, <laughs> yeah, you know. definitely. Yes, I awesome. love. I love that. It's like your own personal <laughs> rave at all times. <laughs> it is. It's a gun rave. I like it. <laughs> all right, good stuff, man. Uh, Rob, you're always the best dressed everywhere, and now you're one-upping us with your jewelry. I know. He always one-ups us. By the way, I was asking, um, do you think you're going to be the best dressed at SHOT Show again this year? Yeah. Yeah, pretty sure. I, I don't see why not. You know, the... Um, the 2A community uh, doesn't really have the best fashion sense, and Sean definitely doesn't. I'm wearing a Gun Funny t-shirt. Okay, well, well once you have... Me to be doing this, and I and I we didn't have a lot of videos, so it was like I almost thought you would mention, like, hey, why are you wearing a t shirt, Rob? I, mean, I got a tux, I mean, I can go change. I was kind of wondering, I was wondering the, that. the whole thing about the Molan Lave because I pretty much started this. If you go back to like that, I was the one that brought this knowledge into the gun industry in the late 90s, no one was doing this until I pointed out, like, hey, Molan Lave, like, come and take them. There's this story about the Greeks pretty much saving all of Western civilization that you guys might want to know about because it kind of ties into what we're doing here in the 90s, trying to save our gun rights against the assault weapons ban. And people were like, wow, that's brilliant. But it was in like a chat room. So I never get enough credit for that. But I do have the <laughs> oldest Molan Levee tattoo in the 2A community. And I'm just, I'm bringing that back this year. It's sort of a gift to me to celebrate the success of the PD-10 and the launch and all that. I'm giving myself back credit for I Molan love Levee being something in the American 2A community. I love that. You you are the sheepdog bringing, you know, Molan Labe to to the, uh, the to the masses. I'm like, like a sheepdog raptor because I was just, I was so far ahead. I was kind of a winged beast. Of, yeah. Of, uh-huh. and, yeah, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I love it. All right, guys, so iTunes reviews. Dude, we don't have any iTunes reviews yeah, this week. This is a this is a failure of the listeners. I know. Uh, I don't want I don't want to point fingers or place blame, but it's definitely the listeners' fault because they're the ones who have to leave Agreed. iTunes reviews. Yeah, no no reviews whatsoever. So, Not even bad ones. It's like people we're just eating too much turkey or prime rib or roast or whatever, and just not logging into iTunes and leaving us reviews. I, this is the first week I think we've had no reviews. Yeah, we need to get Aaron to write us some fake reviews. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, we'll 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 do that. We'll so, have to hit him up after the show. So look, here's here's <laughs> the thing, guys. If you're listening, please leave us a review. It's uh, it, it absolutely helps trigger iTunes algorithms, helps people find the show. Plus, gives us something funny to read on the show because there's never any serious reviews. It's it's either mainly tearing me up or Ava up. Uh, never Lacey, though. Never Lacey. If you guys could write some bad reviews about Lacey, that'd be that great. Be but great. make sure you still give us a five-star yeah. review. <laughs> Five stars, but it could say whatever. 
Yes, absolutely. So go to iTunes, search for Gun Funny, leave us reviews. We really appreciate it. And it helps uh, helps do a lot of things in the iTunes world. We need gun content to rise to the top of all the categories. Speaking of other things that we need, we need more Patreons. Yeah, Patreons. Patreons uh, are huge. Uh, we're actually, we're, we're doing pretty well considering how new the show is. Yeah, but so if we, you, have, we have actually a decent amount of Patreons, especially in our uh, Facebook Patreon only Facebook page. And we've been having a lot of fun there. We uh, recently we post a lot of videos. Uh, recently, uh, during Christmas, we spent Christmas with Kristen, K, Kristen, whatever, uh, who is the person responsible for allowing Sean to just get lost in the woods. Yep. And we we drove her truck, and it still had pie all over it. <laughs> I, so I, a month later, I'm I'm really concerned. I actually got so mad being in that truck. It was like you kind of. When, when I got out of the truck, just out of habit, I just threw the keys at her again, but this time it made her spill her coffee or whatever. So so we're always posting live videos and stuff and having a lot of fun. And today I just came up with a great idea. Instead of Christmas cards, we're going to do Valentine's Day cards. So um, anybody who is a patron, we are going to send you a Valentine's Day card and uh, Sean's going to be wearing a negligee. No, no, I am not going to be wearing a negligee. Yes, you are. Nope. You could hold a gun. Nope. You could even pick out the gun. To be fair. I think that the uh... Uh, what <laughs> uh, did you slip into something more comfortable for us, Rob? It's not that you know what it's a holiday, whatever. <laughs> That's, uh, I think, I think I, I'm a big Valentine's Day fan. So, do you want to be on the on the Valentine's Day card? I mean, you could wear I, that. I, I, Just let some chest hair pop up, you know. I think it'll. Yeah, I it'll, think it'll, it'll definitely work. get Patreons. Yeah, absolutely. It'll definitely, you know, male, female, I'm sure that they will subscribe now. And for those listening, Rob's camera disappeared for a little while, and when he came back, he was wearing just a bathrobe. Yeah, nothing underneath. Yeah. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> he just, yeah, he's he's sending texts as well. <laughs> All right, I love it. So yeah, become a Patreon, help out the show, and uh, get a Valentine's Day card, and you can do that at patreon.com slash gunfunny if you are one of our top Patreons. Uh, we'll say your name during the show, and that guy's name is Cobin Bonafide. Yeah, it's Italian. Yep, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. But check it out. You can find us all over the place: Facebook, Twitter, you have to say his Instagram, name too. YouTube. Corbin Bonafide. Bon Bonafidel. Bon Bonafide. I don't even know what it is. I I can't pronounce Italian. Uh, but you can find us all over the place. Find Rob and all the great stuff he's up to. I mean, honestly, if you don't know who Rob Pincus is, if you aren't familiar with this content, then you don't cruise the internet enough and you probably should just get off Pornhub for a little while and uh, get some get some fixing, get some training, and uh, get yourself to be the best gun guy you can possibly be. Or girl. Did you are you just... suggesting that there are people in gun world that don't already follow me? I mean, is that a thing? I don't know. I mean, I don't know of any, but I'm sure that there's some out there, right? I would hope not. Maybe, at this maybe point. some I've been noobs. This for a long time. Maybe to be some fair, noobs. There are the people I've banned and blocked. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so if Rob Pincus has banned or blocked you, leave us an iTunes review tell, <laughs> telling us about it. <laughs> All right. Can you put his camera back on? I kind of enjoyed that. Oh, look. Well, now he's wearing a tuxedo. What the hell is going on right Dang, now? Is this casual like. Tux. It's casual tux. It's kind a... of thing I got going on. Yeah. <laughs> this is like magic. I know. <laughs> how fast? We get unfollowing. All of us. I think that's kind of what creates the drama, right? So you guys just randomly ban people and see what happens. You know, I actually, I don't, I don't ban anybody. I engage the trolls. Uh, I, I do do that. I do that. I do it. I do it for the betterment of Earth, though. I think 
I never really think I'm changing the troll's mind, but no. there's somebody else reading it that at least will be like, well, this guy's funny. Yeah. I, I, I get that a lot. Uh, because, yeah, I engage the trolls. Sometimes I'll spend an entire day engaging the trolls, uh, depending on how motivated they are. But what they need to understand is that I'm more motivated than they are. And I'm also a lot funnier than they are. So it, it, it's always a win. It's, it's not only the funny factor, but it's the it's the fact that like three weeks later, they're still complaining about it. And you're like five trolls. You've moved on. You're oh, yeah. Something. It's like the ex-girlfriend that's still obsessed with you. <laughs> that troll is still obsessed with you, but you've moved on to some other troll. Uh, hey, Rob, you just posted a picture of us on Facebook, and it's not a very good picture of me. Can we just try that again? <laughs> we both look like we... <laughs> we oh, both God. don't look like we're having a good time. <laughs> oh, well, it makes people curious, right? I mean... <laughs> I look like a pervert. <laughs> you actually do. You do. You were. I All think right. that's when you were talking about Rob's uh, robe and what was underneath it or not underneath it, as it were. <laughs> but I hopefully do it. I... No, you look. That's the look I was going for. That's it. That was. It's a little sassy. It's a little saucy. It's. It's blurry. Hey. hey. Oh boy. I don't, I don't know what's going on with Sean. He's he's like, he's trying to impress everyone with that look. He's got that like that thousand yard. Yeah, camera. I was trying to say farva beans. I think. That may, that may have been it. No, I love you guys like that. That's I'm probably going to put that. That's going to be my Valentine's Day. Yes, card, that that is a win right there, sir. All right, Ava. Anything else before we wrap this up? No, that's it. Thanks so much for joining us. It's been a blast. And also, Rob is doing a one-man show. It's, he's like the David Copperfield of the gun world. He's going to be doing quick outfit changes to show how you can conceal carry. It's all going to be at USCCA, I believe. Uh, yep, at the Expo in Kentucky in April. <laughs> all right, perfect. <laughs> and we'll talk to you guys all next week. Have fun. Want to send feedback? Suggest a place to prank call? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.